0: All right, we are in Titus chapter 2, Titus chapter 2, so if you would open your your Bibles, that's where we're going to be, Titus chapter 2, the middle of the chapter, toward the end of the chapter. Um, Last week we kind of recapped because we had taken a six-month hiatus, so I'm not going to recap even though we've got... uh, New folks, it's a short letter, you guys could read it. It's a letter from an apostle to a pastor, so one who is building the church to one who is going to continue to carry the torch for the church. Um, Last week, we looked at, uh, specifically as we got into the new text, verses 7 and 8 of chapter 2, where Paul exhorted Titus, the young pastor, to be a model of good works. A model to to essentially live in accordance with the very things you are teaching and at the same time in your teaching in the middle of verse 7 to teach in integrity in dignity and sound speech ultimately so that he may not be condemned that the gospel will not be condemned um Ultimately, such teaching will put others to shame because they don't have an accusation against him. The only accusation they have is this really against the word. And that's exactly what you would hope to come his way. And so in in light of this. I wanted to kind of look before we move on into what has happened this week. The desire of Paul is that the accusations that would be brought against Titus would essentially be put aside so that the gospel, the truth of God's word, would not be hindered. That people wouldn't look at this pastor and go, This guy's a smudge. This whole church is a bunch of bunch of uh it's a train wreck. It's a train wreck. And and so that is what That is what Paul is exhorting Titus and warning against. This week in the news. Did you guys hear about the youth pastor in Alabama? Youth pastor in Alabama was sentenced sentenced to a thousand years in prison. With all of his sentences coming together. 1,008 years if you would like to be specific. For the inappropriate relationships that this youth pastor had with those under his care. 1,008 years. Why? Because he was not this guy. What does that do for the world looking at the church?
1: Smudge.
0: Smudge. What, what, what is the church of Jesus Christ? Oh, it's this? A place for pedophiles? A place for sick people to abuse and take advantage of other people? Neat. Yeah, I want to be part of that church. No. That was in the news this week. You hear about the two-year-old, beautiful two-year-old little girl that died in California this week.
1: And her parents are praying that she... be Raised from the dead.
0: dead. So, they believe their prosperity gospel. They believe that God will answer the prayer as Jesus Christ raised people from the dead. He does so today. And so they prayed believing that God would raise their little girl from the dead. Now, can God do that? Absolutely. Does God do that today? I don't, I, I don't see it. It's not regular. It's not a regular occurrence. If it's done, it's done peculiarly. And I would probably guess unexpectedly. Would every parent desire that their child come back from the dead? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely what is going to happen to everybody or let's go back in time for all those that were raised to life the widow the widow of Nain her son was raised back to life off the funeral pyre as Jesus touched the bier that he was on Boom, kid came back up what happened to him he died again he died again what happened to Lazarus he died again he died again <clears throat> What happened to Eutychus? He died again. We can go through Old Testament, Elijah and Elisha, when they raised um, Elijah and Elisha raised the two young boys. They They died again. They died. They died. Why? Because it was appointed for man to die because of the sentence of sin. So, what does the world think when they look at these people, this church? Claiming that God will raise this child from the dead. Is that that sound doctrine? No. No, because that promise is nowhere in the Gospels. Yes, there is going to be a resurrection, and it is going to be at the trumpet call of Christ when he returns to take up his church, and then at the end... Well, I mean, we're getting into debatable turf but at the end of the tribulation and at the end of the millennial reign of Christ there will be resurrections all to eternal judgment or eternal glory as the case may be that is certain that is certain Uh, Christianity today wrote an editorial this week probably a couple but one that garnered a lot of news what was that editorial about Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, Christianity today stepped into the batter's box and started swinging in the political realm, condemning the president, saying the president should be removed from office there. And, sh- and so you have conservative evangelicals saying Trump should be removed from office and then conservative evangelicals saying, no, Trump shouldn't be removed from office. Some laud him, some condemn him. Some condemn him and say he shouldn't be removed from office. So what's, how unified is the church? No. Not. And what does the world say? You guys are a mess. Why would, I, why, why would I want to be a part of any of this? All of this. Brings a black eye to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so this is why here at the end of 2019, start of 2020, as we look at this. Yes, this is from an apostle to a pastor, but this is so important and so relevant to the church today that we stand on firm and solid ground. Because otherwise, we are not going to honor Christ in a way that is pleasing to Him. We, we will, in fact, we will dishonor Christ in our conduct, in our words, in our preaching, and in our teaching. So with that, today we are going to we are, we are wade into some really fun waters, and that is the problem of bondservants. The problem of slavery. Before I move on to that, does anybody have any comments or questions so far? I'm just, stuff of the week or going. All right. Uh, Chapter two, verses nine and 10. Sarah, would you read that please? Chapter two, verses nine and 10.
1: Bondservants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. Love
0: that, the end part. We'll we'll wait on that a little bit. The word bondservants, anybody have a little footnote by the by the word bondservants in their Bible?
1: They're slaves. slaves. Say what? I don't have one note on it. Okay, but
0: okay, what's it say? Slaves. Slaves. What's a bondservant? Slave. Slave. A slave. Talked about that briefly last week. It's, it's a word that means slave. Um, now, typically, when you hear Christians talk about the word bondservant in the New Testament, how do we tend to modify that? We go, well, it doesn't really mean that. What, what do we say? Indentured servitude. Okay, what do you mean by that? Indentured servitude. It's big words. Long term long term
1: long term paid
0: long term paid yeah, that
1: you have willingly put yourself into this position
0: yes so it's a it's it a, a, a position of choice it's a, a position of your choosing not one of i mean how many, you know when we think of slaves our minds go to where America. civil war civil war okay civil war south you know ultimately and what choice did they have? None. None. Paul refers to himself as a bond servant. James refers to himself as a bond servant. What choice did Paul have? He
1: had the choice of listening to Jesus and following after him. Or he could have just been like... No, I don't want to listen to you. I'm just going to go execute these Christians, anyways. Okay. Yes. For so the rest of my life. Say what? <laughs> and be blind. And be blind for the rest of your life.
0: <laughs> Did Jesus command him? Stop yes. Kicking
1: against
0: the goats. You will be. You will be my apostle. You will be. And so, so yes, but he had a command from whom? The living God. So Paul is a bond I'm servant, saying. but. Elsewhere, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, you get you see both played out. You see slaves who were slaves. Um, you see Israel when they go into Canaan, they enslave some of the people. They were told to destroy them all, they didn't, uh, and they enslaved a lot of them to into forced labor. Those folks have a choice. No, they were bond servants as well. Okay. So, you know, we, we tend to go, well, this is, they're talking about willing servants. I don't think so.
1: Well, this is in Crete, so it's a different, I mean, this isn't speaking to Old Testament obeying Jews. So he's like, look, this is where you're at right now. Right. He's not starting a revolution.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So he's speaking into a culture where enslaving people was the thing. Okay. You would enslave people and they would do work for you. Obviously, you got to feed them. You, know, you have to care for them to a point there, but you are not going to surely treat them as a son or a daughter or a brother even. Uh, if you'd like some passages to look up as far as uh, the those who are willing, um, I don't know if I have the verses down there for you. Exodus chapter 21, verses 5 and 6 are a couple of passages that show People who are willing, you know, I want to be a part of this home or this family. Oh, by the way, I've got nothing else. And so I am going to submit to you. I desire to be here. I will follow your ways and I will continue to work for you. That is what the son wanted to do in the parable of the prodigal son. I'm just going to go back and work for dad. I'm going to become a slave to him because I've abdicated every other right that I have. Deuteronomy 15, 16, and 17. Deuteronomy 15, verses 16 and 17 also uh, deals with that. So, when we see the Bible talking of this, in some places, it, it almost sounds like it's affirming slavery. Like, slavery's a good thing. And so and, and the reason the reason is is because you don't see a specific condemnation of slavery in Scripture. Okay? In fact in some places, like I said, it, it looks to be encouraged. Is there any other things that we talk about from time to time that are not specifically condemned in Scripture? But principally, as you look through scripture, you go, that was never intended. Multiple Multiple wives. Polygamy. Is polygamy anywhere condemned in scripture? No,
1: not verbatim. Okay. You see the fallout of...
0: Sure. And you see see that elders are to be the husbands of one wife. Of one wife. But man, the, the, never do you see that whole family situation being a good thing. Okay, it usually leads to chaos, heartache, and heartbreak there. So I can't use the silence of, this, of Scripture as an endorsement. Very important. A very important principle when we read through the Bible Just because the Bible doesn't speak of something doesn't mean it's endorsing it. It doesn't mean, hey, yeah, it's a great great and wonderful thing.
1: It's it's not a political or social document. That's not its ultimate intent. Therefore, it doesn't go through correcting every political and social wrong over the top.
0: Yes. Yes. We do see, though, that in certain spots, the opposite is actually exalted. Um Eb, would you turn to 1 Corinthians 7, please? 1 Corinthians 7, and read verses 17 through 24.
1: Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him, and to which God has called him. This is my role. In all the churches, was anyone at this time, at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not seek to remove the mark of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his call uncircumcised? Let him not seek circumcision. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision. But keeping the commandments of God, each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you a slave when called? Do not be concerned about it. But if you gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. For he who is called in the Lord as a slave is a free man of the Lord. Likewise, he who is free when called is a slave to Christ. You were bought with a price, do not become slaves of men. So, brothers, in what condition each was called, let there let him remain with paul here as he's
0: talking about people and he's talking about them coming to christ he's exhorting them don't don't change everything okay if 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 you were single essentially you know remain single um, at that at that time um were you uh were you a jew well you can't uncircumcise yourself But if you're a Gentile, you are under no compulsion to become circumcised. If you are a slave in Christ, you are the freest of men, is what he says. Why? How can that be? Because the living God knows your condition. He knows your situation it isn 't a surprise to him that you are where you are, but paul doesn't paul doesn 't just go, well, you know suck it up, buttercup. He does say that if you can obtain your freedom, go you know great, praise God, and go for it. In fact, that is what the whole letter of Philemon is about. The slave Onesimus becomes. A follower of Christ through the ministry of Paul and becomes a great helper to Paul. And Paul realizes that this guy's an escaped slave. So it's like, you have a responsibility to what? To go back to your master. Would Yes, you do. But Paul sends the letter to Philemon, Onesimus' master, and says, ah. Receive him back, not as a slave, but as a brother. Besides, you owe me your life. Very, very funny. Fits it. A- Pretty comical letter as Paul kind of twists. Hey, you you owe me. You have a debt to me. You have the salvation of Christ as a debt to me. But let me not mention that. Let me put that aside. You know, receive Onesimus now back as a brother. So even though scripture doesn't officially condemn it, we do see the seeds of uh, emancipation scattered throughout because all men all mankind is created equal and we will see also how in the church that is to flesh out Corbin would you turn to Galatians 3 Katie Colossians 3 Kara 1 Corinthians 12 So, in ancient Greece and in ancient Rome, was slavery going to be abolished in their lifetime?
1: No. No. It wasn't going to be changed. No matter, sorry, nothing of Rome was going to be changed.
0: (laughs) Yes. In, In this short order. You know, it doesn't matter which Caesar's there, he's not going to change this. For hundreds of years. Galatians
1: 3.28 There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus.
0: So as Paul calls to the church, as Paul writes to the church as a whole, and he speaks to this group He is going to have all of those people in that room. And as he looks at them all, they are one in Christ Jesus. There isn't young man and old man, young woman and older woman. There isn't. We are all one in Christ, and that is extraordinary. And it is on the seeds of that truth that emancipation came about. Colossians 3, verse 11. You'll hear us very similar.
1: Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all.
0: So in the previous passage, the emphasis was unity. In this passage, the emphasis is Christ. I mean, why are you guys going eh, like this when you should be going ah? It should be up, the glory of God. There, again, the seeds of of equality are deep in the soil of the gospel. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse thirteen. Who's better in the church? The treasurer, right? He's the most important guy in the church. You you read through this chapter, this is an extraordinary, beautiful, breathtaking chapter about the necessity of each one in the church and God's good plan. And so, within... God's word, he has included passages to exhort and encourage those who are slaves. Abigail, do you mind reading? Ephesians, turn to Ephesians chapter 6, Caleb, Colossians chapter 3, and Mark, would you turn to Titus chapter 2? Where are we are. Abigail, Ephesians chapter 6. Just 6? Not the whole thing. Oh. I wouldn't do that to you. That would okay. be cruel. Unhuman. Verses 5 through 8, please.
1: All right. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service, as people pleasers, but as bond of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Rendering service with a good will, as to the Lord and not to men knowing that whatever good anyone does this will be received back from
0: the Lord whether he is on servant or free. Awesome. So Paul, Paul's going, "You guys are all one in Christ." But then he goes, "I know you're still going to have to go back and be a slave." And so, here, here is my exhortation to you as a slave. Obey your earthly masters. Obey them with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. As you would Christ. Not by way of eye service, as people pleasers. Okay? Does that show, does that show a proper attitude? Oh, okay, yeah. No. Ask me No. Oh, you tell me to do that? Okay. I'm going to do it. It's an attitude. It's a heart attitude. And so, I am serving. I'm not serving man. I'm serving the living God. The master may not understand that. The master may not comprehend that at all. He may have no clue. He may be godless. He may be terrible. He may beat you. And you're serving the living God. As bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord, not to man. Now notice this. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive back from the Lord. So if you do well, you may be completely ignored, in fact, beaten for what you do here. But God calls to them and says, oh, You do have a reward because somebody is keeping account and you will be paid back lavishly, wondrously, wonderfully. It requires the bondservant to trust God's purpose in God's plan. Colossians 3. And if anybody's got a question or comment, interject. Or we're going to just keep plowing. What
1: verse? Not the whole thing. Oh, okay. T-
0: 22 to 25.
1: Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Not by way of eye service as people pleasers,
0: but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do,
1: work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ.
0: Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it sounds really familiar. When you read Ephesians and you read Colossians, remember those two are written like side by side at the same time. They were hand carried to those churches by the same guy, so no kidding. Paul wrote those, you know, probably finished one and then wrote the other. They were too far away. There's no way. There's no way these letters are going to get uh, get to the other churches. Yeah, they would. And so he wrote in Colossians things very similar to what he wrote to the church at Ephesus. Again, trust God trust God for balancing the scales which takes us to Titus chapter 2 where we are today and so it is It is that background again if if we in our 21st century mentalities and historical arrogance you know, oh, we scoff at slavery we look at this and just dismiss it going how can you say such things but with this background we go ah oh, oh. so what does he say to the bond servants here? Verses 9 and 10 of chapter 2, Mark. Um, my translation says bond slaves instead of servants. Great. Okay. Awesome. Urge bond slaves to be subject to their own masters in everything, to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in every respect. May. Non-slaves, slaves are to be subject, submissive. The word what does it, what's, what's it mean? What's, what does it mean to be submissive? To place yourself under the authority of I thought we were all equal. We're equal. This about what? The word, the word "hupo means to put yourself under. That's exactly what it means. Put your under. Hupo under tasso, Put yourself. Put yourself under. Put yourself under. What is the ultimate example of submission? Jesus to the Father. God the Father to God. God the Son to God the Father. Who's big? Who's bigger? Who's better? Come on. Which one's more important? God the Father, God the Son? Neither. Thank you. <laughs> okay. If you do that, you diminish the deity and majesty and magnificence and glory and holiness and wonder and splendor and omni, omni, ami of, of of the of the other. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Co-equal. Co-equal. The language throughout and the Gospel of John really brings it home. I can do nothing apart from what the Father is doing. I came to do the will of the Father. I do nothing of my own accord. These are all words of Jesus Christ. He has put himself in submission to the will of the Father in all things. Ultimately, that he would be glorified above every name, that there would be no other name under heaven, by which man would be saved. And every knee would bow and tongue confess the glory of the Father, the glories of the Son. So bondservants are to put themselves under their master. What that means is the bondservant comprehends a reality that probably the master doesn't. That we're equal. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a Babylonian slave now in Corinth.
1: I'm a child of the living God. I am a prince.
0: And and oh, by the way, you know, man, if you don't if you don't come to know the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you are going to be condemned. And suffer eternally for it, and I am going to be in glory. Oh, so here the slave's heart would even be going out for the master, and have a desire for the master. What are you? To, what are the bond servants to be submissive to the master too? Everything. They are to be well-pleasing. Well-pleasing. The bond servant's heart is to the pleasure of the master. Not argumentative. Not pilfering. What's that mean? What? What? Absolutely. Stealing. Not stealing. Don't steal from your master. Master's not looking. Go over to his best wine. Wipe it off and put it back down. No, not pilfering. Can I interject? Please. What if the master tells the slave to do something uh, immoral or illegal? Very interesting question. I I came across, and I I can't, I don't remember the name of the guy. I can look it up and and get it for you. a Babylonian general comes to know God as God. And he has to go back to Babylon. And he says, I am going to be in the temple of Dagon supporting the king. Will I be forgiven for that? And it was either Elisha or Elisha said, go in peace. Go in the peace of the Lord. Knowing that, Knowing that, in his heart, he would not be bowing to that end, slaves didn 't have the well you know i 'm going to disobey my mom and dad because they 're giving me a godless command, and therefore you know i I'm, i've got to stand i 'll just take my punishment you know i i 'll just take the punishment that comes there then it would have been their life now, could they do that? Yes, certainly could they I think I think they would have I think what Paul means here is everything. Ultimately the responsibility is not yours, it's now his. But again you you want to trust your life to the Lord, then yeah, obey the Lord. In everything. Now, showing good, all good faith so that, now the, the last phrase here, so that in everything, this slave may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. What's it mean to adorn something? Make it
1: pretty.
0: Make it beautiful. Make it beautiful. What would you say? Uh, I said jewelry
1: because um, a couple times in scripture it's references to the word adorn as in speaking of women, you know, they adorn themselves. Okay
0: a woman would adorn herself, okay? To adorn something is to make it pretty. What else? What else did somebody say? I said put it on. Okay. But. Now, does that does this imply that the doctrine of God our <laughs> savior is lacking? God has given you you. God has given you you. You can do nothing with you. And how will that bring glory to God? He'll, he'll, he'll receive glory. He will. But now if you are obedient to Him, how will that bring glory to God? Bring great glory to God. You you adorn your life in your obedient, willing heart toward the living God. That is, that is an extraordinary thing. Paul talks, or Paul, or the author of Hebrews, talks about completing the work of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I thought the work of Jesus Christ was finished. The salvific the On the cross, work of Christ to procure the salvation of man is completed. But the work of the church goes on. And so that work, we are going to do greater things. Greater things continue to be done as Christ works in his church there. So, oh, we slaves can adorn The doctrine of God. So I go, how does this apply to me in 2020? Anybody a slave
1: here? Okay. Yeah, no. adornment can also mean to add to, like, a Christmas tree. You would adorn the Christmas tree with ornaments to make it prettier.
0: You do, but again, that implies that the Christmas tree is lacking to make it prettier. The doctrine of God cannot be made prettier in, I mean... It is it is beautiful as it is. Mm-hmm. We continue to add to the glory of God, and adorn it. Yeah, I mean it's. If you were to you
1: know. hide the Christmas tree behind a curtain, and then pull back the curtain, good. I think that's pretty much
0: good. How it's good. So, how does this apply to me in 2020? Do you have any relationships in which you are called to be submissive? By the way, I did just. Throw this out Your there. Parents. I finished my Sunday school lesson at about noon yesterday. Just just saying that. Um, my parents. Okay. So kids are to be submissive to their parents. In what? Okay. What about, okay, so that's, that, that one's easy. Uh, kid, you know, kids, kids, kids are supposed to be submissive. Let's just talk about the kids for the remaining 15 minutes. Anybody else have a relation? And the
1: borrower is slave to the lender, and there's a lot of times I see people take on that <laughs> on that relationship, okay. and then want to want to flee from flee flee from that, and which always is
0: it? okay. Borrower, borrower is slave to the lender. You owe that one. You have to keep paying that one. Any other re- submissive relationships? Your what wife? Wife, wife is to be submissive to. Okay. What else? Any any other?
1: Bosses
0: workers. Workers. You're a worker. Who's your boss? Yeah. Come on. Oh, the,
1: the Hagers.
0: Okay. Uh, Chris Bruffett. Okay. Who's your boss?
1: Ours staff. Everybody. I don't okay. know. <laughs> Can I ask you that question. Who's your
0: boss? So, uh, you know, the kids might get hired to watch a dog, okay? Our daughters watch a dog. Who's your boss? It's the,
1: dog the, dog. Dog.
0: the people who own the dog. By the way, I've got money for you guys. I've, I've, it's been in my wallet for a week. I've got money for you guys, so my apologies. So the people who own the dog, you're supposed to work for them.
1: I was talking about It's funny trying to explain to my kids this week the America turning eighteen and signing up for the draft, like just that, that concept, because we seem like think of ourselves as totally autonomous or totally free. And it's like, no, there are there are obligations of of being here. And it was it was fun introducing this.
0: Okay, activities. so adults are ba or you are have to be submissive to your boss. Is there anybody else adults have to be submissive to? the law. The law, the <laughs> nation, the state the city the county can you do whatever you bloody well please no. no where else where else are you called to be submissive to
1: christ
0: okay the church the church to christ and the church you are to be submissive You are to be submissive, Paul says, to one another. He calls you also to be submissive to your pastors who are carrying the burden of being the shepherds and overseers of your souls. That is our responsibility. And so in light of this, here are some encouragements and exhortations to you all, because as we read these passages on bond servants, we go, it ah, doesn't apply. No, it does. Absolutely. It applies to every one of us where we are right now today. We are to be well pleasing and not argumentative. My boss told me to do something. I don't want to do it. Is it within his right? Yeah. Then quit your whining. Just do it. How should you do it? No, well pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering. Don't steal. Keaton, your mom asks you to do something. You're reading a book. Put the book down, get up, and go do it. Now! Are you going to find your place again? Yes! Blow her mind. I have no idea Keaton may do this already. He's just the example.
1: <laughs> that seems accurate. Stop it. <laughs> <The book. laughs> just, just,
0: you know, so if mom calls, get up and go, boom! Yeah, she's going to go, whoa, dude, you scared me. I was waiting for another 10 minutes before you are going to show up. <laughs> no, right away. Well-pleasing. Because when you, when you don't put your game down, you are essentially stealing your mom's time. She's got other things to do, and she's waiting on you to give you instruction to do whatever you have to do so that you will go do that thing so she can do her thing. Do it in good faith, where, where your parents, well, let's get off the kids for a minute, where your boss, where the cops don't have to worry about you. I got my cruise control set at the speed, uh. waving at the cop as I go by, because <laughs> he doesn't have to worry about me, Hopefully. <laughs> We're supposed to obey our masters because when we are obeying our masters, we are pleasing our God to the uttermost. And if I am to put myself under these various people in these various groups, who am I trusting? God. Yeah, I don't trust them. They're broken people. They're fallible. They're going to mess up. I'm going to get punished wrongly. Probably. At times. But somebody's keeping track. So, bond servants. Dude, has a great application for us, especially as far as bringing glory to God. Your conduct as children, as workers as citizens, brings glory to God as you obey him. Any, any, any other thoughts on bondservants here? I was
1: just thinking, as you mentioned, you know, try, who, who, are, who is the bondservant trusting? Who do you have to trust in this whole thing? You may never, ever receive any praise in this life. I thought, Tracy, you were going to say, like, trusting. I don't have to, It doesn't say that I have to trust my boss. You're right. It says that I have to trust God. And we were uh, discussing at work the other day, uh, and I was trying to get to, like, like who gets to make the decision? And uh, I wasn't being very tight like, but um, uh, <laughs> I was, like, because I was trying to, like, get back to, like, a Bible. Like, where does it say? And they were basically like, "No, it's just whoever the boss is gets to like make some now decision." So
0: let, let's put this in the here and now. Your boss goes something that you go that's clearly against regs, kind of as Mark was talking yeah. about. Yeah. So do you just go? Okay. You
1: said clearly against regs, regulations. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Air Force
0: regulations. So if it's
1: clearly
0: against regulations, do I just? Because it's my boss and I'm supposed to submit myself to the boss, so I just violate those rights, right?
1: Good. And this is not an excuse to escort people in the gas chambers because you got an order.
0: That's right. So what do I do as a worker now? Well, we... that's okay that's that's way that's way down here yeah we got some things we got some things you okay. could possibly do before that
1: make an appeal
0: okay to whom to the one person's
1: appeal. over your boss to the boss first to the boss respectfully
0: yes yes
1: not in the condescending not in
0: the dis- totally just dis- dis- dis-
1: kind of way
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah you're not gonna do that hey can I'm i like can, have, can i have a minute of your time you know, it says here in AFI 36816 that blah 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 blah, on this right. and if the boss goes, I told you to do what I told you to do. Get out of my office. Now, what do you do?
1: Kill the guy above that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah because, well, I mean, depending on, on your work, especially where you're at, but there's a there's a process to go about um, in an in an honorable way. Again, connecting yes. with that person, and then and then the authority, and then
0: yeah. I have a chain of command
1: yeah.
0: there, and so I may have to do that. Now, if you gave, if you go, there isn't anybody. This guy owns the company. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a board of directors. You could go to. Um, Supreme Court. Well, but, again, you, you get. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Stay
1: in school. I'm just gonna. Wait. I'm gonna.
0: I'm gonna call up the president.
1: Okay. <laughs> Probably can't do that. I won't I mean, you really can take it all the way to the end, though. You can. And so, okay, so I disobey this, and again, I go back to Shadrach and his friends, and you know, and you realize that your life is forfeit if you don't do this thing. And okay, so who are you trusting? I and I, for what?
0: It, it may come to the point where I go, I I quit. I can't do this. And or it may be it may be so bad. You may have to go to authorities. In the Air Force, we could go to the OSI, Office of uh, Special Investigation, or to the police there with something. And now your life, it may not be just your job. It may be that your life becomes forfeit, depending on how bad this is. Or are you willing to do that? Oh, man. Is it the right thing? Yeah. So there are ways, you know, I'm a slave, I can't say nothing, I just gotta do what I gotta do. No, that's not the that's not the way it is.
1: Well, I mean, Drew Please. Fond, when the company was gonna add mugs that were like supporting
0: ah, LBGQs, uh-huh. basically
1: said, well, you can do that, I'm gonna quit then.
0: Yeah, he says, I can't do that. I, I can't do that. You're gonna have to find a different guy to run your... The boss said, "You're worth way more to me than rainbow flags on cups." Praise God. All right, um, we will we will weigh into the rest of chapter two next week. For anybody who's still here, uh, let me encourage you to to read through that because it's a it's a beautiful beautiful unfolding here as Paul continues of really the gospel situation. So, appreciate your attention. That's all I've got.